0: This morning, I would like uh, to pray for you. Uh, if you have a prayer need for yourself or for a loved one, someone that's not even here, I would just invite you to stand where you are so that uh, I can pray for you. Uh, prayer need for yourself or some, a loved one. And for these who are uh, standing, if you're near them, would we'll just just extend your hands towards them? Father, um, here we are uh, to worship. Here we are standing before you, Father, with our hearts open. We pray, Father, that um, during this time of being still before you, that we will hear your voice and that we will hear and recognize the love that you have for your children. Lord, thank you for each person who is here this morning, and I especially lift up these who are standing in need of grace. Lord, I, I know some of them that are standing are in physical pain and are suffering from diseases and sicknesses that because we live in a broken world these things just happen so here's my prayer for them I pray that the healing power of Jesus would wash down upon them body soul and spirit and that that healing power Father would do their work within them Lord we also know that there are others here today who are struggling mightily in their spirit, Uh, a marriage that has failed, children that are far away from God, a loved one who has recently died, a job that is not embraced. Father, all of these needs we experience as your children as well. Father, your promise is this, that you are the God of all comfort, and that you will bring comfort to all those who are in need of comfort. And so I pray your comfort and your presence for each of these right now. Lord, we also are aware of the fact that there are times when we come to church and we feel far from God. We're here because of obligation or because of Mother's Day or some other reason, but we just feel far from God. Here is my prayer for each of you. God has said, and he has promised this, If you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. If you take one small, tiny step of faith towards God, God will come rushing toward you. Father, that's my prayer for those who feel far, far from God. Lord, we have the beautiful privilege of standing before you as your children and recognizing that in this company, of believers. Uh, there are those who uh, love their mothers and have great memories of their mothers, and others who feel brokenhearted, mothers who didn't care, mothers who didn't nurture, mothers who hurt. And so Father, we would pray for those women and men who did not have that kind of nurturing mother. And pray the Lord that the forgiving Spirit of Jesus would be in their hearts and that there would be reconciliation for those who are lost and lonely and broken, separated from their family, separated from their kids or their parents. We pray, Father, that you would do a healing power to those people as well. So now, Lord, we are privileged to open your word, to see what your word has to say about the abundant life. And, Lord, I just pray that you would use my words to help each of us to hear from you clearly. Uh, May the words that I speak that are not from you be quickly forgotten. May the words that I speak from you be embraced in our hearts and our lives. And now may the words and the meditation and the joy of the Word of God that is in us and and around us be our portion today. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. And all of God's children together said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Well, I would like to say uh, welcome back uh, to those of you who were at um, down in Mexico, Rocky Point last week, uh, as you were uh, building a house for Guadalupe. Uh, our team will give a, a detailed report of that next Sunday at both services, along with some pictures, and uh, it should be great. But uh, I want to thank all of those of you who went to the um, uh, Mexico trip and built that house for Guadalupe and her family. What a, a beautiful gesture of faith and grace that was. Thank you very, very much. Well, welcome back to our series of messages on the abundant life. You are blessed and highly favored. Why? Because you are part of the kingdom of God. You have been welcomed to God's party. You, as a follower of Christ Jesus, are welcomed into his kingdom family. You are blessed and highly favored to be his son, to be his daughter. You're also blessed to serve. A few weeks ago, we talked about how that Jesus served his disciples. He washed their feet, and he said, in the same way that I have served you, I want you to serve others. And if you serve others with the same heart of service that I have towards you, he said, you will be blessed. You serve others, you'll be blessed. And then two weeks ago, we talked about how that some of us And I pray that all of us are blessed with a burden, a burden, something that keeps you up at night, something that bothers you, an injustice in the world, a lost loved one, a friend who doesn't know Jesus, that you are blessed with a burden. Because if you are blessed with a burden that God has placed on your heart, here's the good news, you are blessed with a piece of the heart of God. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. If you are blessed with a burden like that, you are blessed with a piece of the heart of God. And then last week we talked about how that we are blessed to be a blessing. Uh, all of us are, at the very least, middle-class Americans, and we have everything we need. God has provided everything we could possibly need. Now, sure, we always want a little bit more, but God has provided us with all that we need, and because of that, you are blessed to bless others. You are blessed to give to others. Your gifts, your skills, your abilities, your money, you are blessed to be a blessing. So you are a child of the King. You belong to Him, and He belongs to you. You are the apple of His eye. Your picture is on God's refrigerator You are a favored son or daughter. He is delighted in you. And you will say, I am blessed and highly favored. Let's say that together. I am blessed and highly favored. Today is Mother's Day. And some of you did not have good mothers growing up. Some of you had bad memories of that. But God has still blessed you with a family. On this Mother's Day, here's my hope, my passion for each and every one of you. We're going to look in a few moments at a mother's heart from Scripture. But when we look at a mother's heart, what you're going to recognize is that it's the heart of God for His people. The way that a mother loves her children is a picture of the way that God loves His creation, the way He loves you and me. Mother's Day. Uh, My mother, uh, Virginia Cross, uh, passed away on June the 7th, uh, 2007. And she was an amazing woman. Uh, She had this heart, Sherry could tell you this, she had this heart that was just filled with love, not only for her children and her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren, but for all people. She was uh, an unconditional lover of people. She was the kind of mother who would give sacrificially, intentionally, and everything she did and everything she said was grace-filled. I am blessed that I had a family that loved Jesus and a mother that loved Jesus. So here's what God wants you to know today. You are blessed with a family. Now that's kind of, can be understood on two levels. So let me explain what those two levels are. First of all, you're blessed, many of us, with a biological family. And we thank God for that. Uh, Today I met uh, Emily MacGyver's family. And it's obvious, if you know Emily, it's obvious that she was raised in a godly Christian home. And these are the kinds of things that kind of go generation to generation. And uh, it's wonderful to see someone who's raised in this uh, family, a, a godly family, a family where they love Jesus. But not everybody is raised in that kind of family. But here's the good news today. Even if you weren't raised in a great family, you are in a great family. Because the Bible says that not only do we have a biological family, we have the family of God. We have the church of Jesus Christ. We have each other. Now let me give you an example of that. Jesus was uh, uh, preaching. He was talking to a group of people, always talking about uh, the Father and talking about eternal life and things that matter. He's using parables. And when he was doing that, when he was talking uh, about those things, someone said, hey, Jesus, uh, your mom and your brothers are out there waiting to talk to you. And uh, so let me read you what... um, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, uh, verses 47 to 50. By the way, this is in, on the screen. It's in your uh, sermon notes, uh, in your Bibles, your iPads, whatever you use. And I want you always to remember what? To do what? Read. read your Bibles. Okay, read your Bibles. It's an amazing book. So here in Matthew chapter 12, verses 47 to 50, listen to what it says. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to speak to you. Okay, perfectly normal. Jesus asked, Who is my mother? That's kind of a weird question, right? Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples, in other words, the brothers and sisters in Christ. He pointed to his disciples and said, Look, these are my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Isn't that beautiful? even if you didn't have a perfect parent, and you didn't, and even if you weren't the perfect parent, and you weren't, you have a perfect heavenly father. And he is a father of all kinds of imperfect people, us, right? But we have the family of God. So we want, here's a promise that we have to you. Even if you weren't raised in a good family, God says, listen, I will give you a family." that can love you and nurture you and hold you accountable and be part of your life. So we are the family of God. But we also celebrate Mother's Day because we love our mothers, right? Now when you think of Mother's Day, what comes to mind? Flowers, you're going to all get a beautiful rose, ladies, after the service. Candy, a special brunch at her favorite place. Uh, in my case, I get to go to Indian food today. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's not about me, it's about my wife. You know, she's the one I honor. We're going to Indian food. Or maybe you're looking for just the right card that says just the right thing about your mother. For many of us, and I'm included in this number, Mother's Day brings special thoughts of a loving mom, a loving wife, a loving daughter who is now a mother of her own children, a loving daughter-in-law. All of these things are in my heart because those kind of mothers, she's always there when you need her. She meets our physical and emotional needs. She nurtures, inspires, encourages. She is our role model, right? In her footsteps, like we saw in the video a little bit earlier, we want to be just like her. We have warm, pleasant feelings when we think of mother. That is what God wants for us. In 1 Thessalonians 2.7, it describes a mother. It says, a mother is gentle, like, like a mother caring for her little child children. That kind of gentleness is many of our experience. But for others, thinking of mother brings hurt and pain. Maybe your mother left or otherwise abandoned you. Maybe she abused you or allowed someone else to hurt you. Maybe she put her needs first and allowed your needs to go unmet. Some of our mothers have failed us and sometimes we carry that hurt in the form of Anger or bitterness or unforgiveness. God never intended for us to be hurt by our mothers. That was never part of God's plan. But he wants us to find a way to forgive. Luke 6.37, forgive and you will be forgiven. We must learn to forgive. But many others experience profound grief and sorrow when it comes to special days like Mother's Day. A mother who has lost a child to death, A mother who has lost a child to addictions. A mother who has lost a relationship with her child. A woman who has chosen abortion. A woman who has suffered a miscarriage. A woman who cannot conceive or carry a child. A woman whose mother has died. We have several, I think three people in the last two months have lost their mothers. And it's very painful. God knows of our hurt. He knows of our pain. He knows of our sorrow and He wants to bring you comfort today. Isaiah sixty-six thirteen 13 says, As a mother comforts her children, so I will comfort you. That's the promise of our perfect Heavenly Father, that even if we did not feel comfort as a child, or we don't feel comfort now, God says, I promise you that I will bring you comfort. Everyone's experience is different. Jim Stovall said it this way. Some people are born into a wonderful family. Others have to find or create them. Being a member of a family is a priceless privilege which costs nothing but love. I love that quote. So today we celebrate Mother's Day, acknowledging that we have the family of God and we appreciate that, but also knowing that our Heavenly Father loves us like a mother would. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, is the promise of God. So you are blessed and highly favored to be part of God's family and to be part of a biological family. Now the Bible says, mothers, I want to say just a word to you, the Bible says that children are your most precious possession. Now, right now on Mother's Day you're probably thinking that's true, but other days you think, well, that's not really true. I mean, my most precious possession is my phone or something else because my kids are just rats today. But you know what? God says, listen, even when they're not behaving, even when they're not the best kids in the world, they are still your most precious possession. I believe, and this is my conviction, I believe that motherhood is without exception the most godly, noble profession in the universe. More important than being a pastor, or a missionary, or an engineer, or anything else, that a mother, motherhood is, is the most godly, noble profession in the universe. And that's because its chief aim is to mold young lives into the image of Jesus Christ. What an awesome and sacred responsibility. So this morning I would like to paint a portrait for you. A portrait of a mother's heart from Scripture, and when we see this picture of a mother's heart, we will recognize, and gals, you're going to love this, we're going to recognize that the portrait of a mother's heart is the heart of God. It's the heart of God for you and for me and for his children. We are blessed to be part of a family. So the first thing I'd like to share is this. A mother's heart is seen in the comfort and care of her children. Now, the Lord was speaking through Isaiah these words in Isaiah chapter 66. Now you recognize that God is talking about His love for the nation of Israel. But it's also very easy to understand that it's His love for the, for the, for the people of God today, right? So think of it in that context. The love for the children of Israel and the love for the people of God today. Here's what it says. I, this is what the Lord says. I will extend peace to her, Israel, like a river. And the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse, listen to this, you will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. And you will be comforted over Jerusalem. So here, God uses this imagery of his great love for Israel, his great love for his people. He uses the analogy of a mother. A mother caring for her child. A mother dandling her child on her knee. Isn't that beautiful? The love and care and comfort of a mother's child is the kind of love that God gives to us. So there's lots of wonderful stories about uh, mothers uh, giving comfort and care to their children. Uh, One of my favorite stories uh, took place when I was 15 years old. I was a sophomore in high school and uh, because of an injury... I'd just been called up to the varsity football team for the first time. There was only one sophomore on the varsity team and then I was the second one to get to play. So I was on all of the special teams and I was on the kickoff team. And the kickoff, I, they kicked the ball and I was running down to make the tackle, running as fast as I could, which wasn't that fast. And I was going like gangbusters and somebody clipped me from the side, didn't see the person coming. And what they tell me later, because I didn't see it, I literally landed on my head. Now, no jokes about leather helmets. No, we didn't have leather helmets. We had real regular helmets. But I landed on my helmet. It knocked me out cold. The next thing I know is they're giving me smelling salts, and I open my eyes. I see my coach and my teammates and the referee, and there in the middle of all this is My mother. She had jumped over the fence at Granite Hills High School and came running out of the Everybody said, no, no, you can't come on the field. You can't. And she ran. No, my, you see, when your kid is hurting, you're going to be there, mothers, right? When your kid is smarting, you're going to be there. The care and the comfort that a mother gives her child and how much more God gives his children. How much more when you are hurting, when you are broken, when your life just doesn't work? God says, I dare you to keep me away from you because I love you with an everlasting love. I will never let you go. I will never leave you alone. That's how much I love you. There's something wonderful about the care and nurture of a mother's heart. So, uh, another example, uh, we were about a year after that. I had my first girlfriend. I was 16 years old. I had my first girlfriend. She was uh, way above my pay grade. Her name was Chris Harmon. She was a cheerleader. And even though I was a football player, I wasn't like in the popular group. But somehow she agreed to go out with me. And uh, we went on dates and had a good time. And she was a wonderful girl. And then she dumped me. I don't know why. She never explained it. She didn't have to. And uh, she just dumped me. And I remember what that felt like. I remember last summer, our grandson felt that way. He was dumped by a girl. And the way that he just saw the tears and the sadness, and I remember those days. So naturally, I needed to talk to my mother. I went in, I said, uh, her name was Chris Harmon. I said, Chris broke up with me, and I'm so sad, and I was crying, and and blubbering and she was holding me and she said it was okay and then right in the middle of all this this drama I, I know I, I don't really find myself in that kind of drama but I did then right in the middle of that drama my mom said you know what son it wouldn't have worked out with Chris if you guys had have gotten married her name would have been Chris Cross and <laughs> so right in the middle of my grief and my sadness my mother comes in just with the right word How many times in your life in the midst of hurt and brokenness and sadness does just God come in with just the right word? Try to keep a mother from a hurting child. Try to keep God away from you when your heart is broken. Nothing will keep him from you. Listen to Isaiah 49, 15. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she was born? Question mark. Though she may forget, God says, I will not forget you. Mothers aren't perfect. They may forget how to care for you properly. They may forget how to nurture you properly. But God says, here's my promise, I will never forget you. I will never leave you alone. I will never leave you standing. I will always be there to help you. I will never forget. Maybe you're in need of comfort today. Maybe for some reason, because of something that happened in your childhood or something that's going on today, you feel broken and lonely and just sad. Maybe on Mother's Day, it's kind of the worst day to celebrate for you. But here's the good news of God's Word God's Word is always available to you. And listen to this it is never ending, it never runs out, it is never done. God's comfort is available you. Uh, The times in my life when I have been the most brokenhearted were times when you need the comfort and care of a mother, right? When our son Tyler uh, was killed in 1989, uh, Sherry and I were going through such trauma individually and together and as a family trying to somehow keep our kids and our family together. I didn't give myself much chance to grieve until two days later when my mother showed up Uh, in Green Mountain, Colorado, at our doorstep. And it's like I was 12 years old again. I just fell into her arms, and I just sobbed. It was my mother. And she knew what it was like to feel the loss of a child. She knew only a mother can understand that, that brokenness. And the day that I confessed my gambling addiction in 1997, after I'd talked to Sherry and my kids, the first one I needed to call was my mother and tell her, Mom, I failed. I failed God, I failed you, I failed my wife, I failed my kids, I failed. And I told her about my addiction and I'll never forget there was this kind of uncomfortable silence on the phone and I'm thinking to myself, mom, say something, please. And then the only words that she could say were these, son, I love you. Anything I can do to help you get through this time, I just want you to know I love you. Did you know that that's God's word to you? When you were the most broken, When you were the most hurting, maybe it's your own fault. God comes to you and says, Listen, I love you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Never will I turn my back on you. There's this great Jewish proverb that is this God could not be everywhere, so he made mothers. We thank God for our mothers, for their care, their comfort because it's a snapshot of that that shows us the great care and comfort that God gives to his children. The the great poet Thackeray of the 19th century said it this way, Mother is the name for God on the lips and hearts of little children. God has promised us that he would never let us alone, that he would always care for us, he would always comfort you. As he said in Isaiah, I will not forget you, My comfort will never cease. When you're facing real trouble, remember that God's heart is for you. He's not running away from you. He's not mad at you. God's heart is for you and for your healing. There's this wonderful short story that was written by a woman by the name of Mary Ann Bird. And her short story was entitled, The Whisper Test. And it's a true story from her own life, and I'd like to read it for you. "'I grew up knowing I was different, and I hated it,' she writes. "'I was born with a cleft palate, and when I started school, my classmates made it clear to me how different I looked from others. A little girl with a misshapen lip, crooked nose, lopsided teeth, and garbled speech.' When schoolmates would ask, what happened to your lip, I'd tell them, well, I've fallen and I cut myself on a piece of glass. Somehow it seemed more acceptable to have suffered an accident than to have been born different. I was convinced that no one could love me. There was, however, a teacher in the second grade that we all adored. Mrs. Leonard was her name. She was short, round, happy, a sparkling lady. Annually, we would have a hearing test. How many of you are old enough like me to remember hearing tests? Okay, a few of you, right? They don't have them anymore. Annually, we would have a hearing test. I was virtually deaf in one of my ears, but when I had taken the test in past years, I discovered that if I did not press my hand as tightly upon my ears as I was instructed to do, I could pass the test. Mrs. Leonard gave the test to everyone in the class. And finally, it was my turn. I knew from past years that as we stood against the door and covered one ear, the teacher sitting at her desk would whisper something and we would have to repeat it back. Things like, the sky is blue. Or, do you have new shoes? I waited there for those words which God must have put into her mouth. Those seven words which changed my life. Mrs. Leonard said in her whisper, I wish you were my little girl. I wish you were my little girl. Brothers and sisters in Christ, there are so many times when we feel lonely, broken, sad, sinful. So many times when the Lord wants to whisper in our ears, listen, I am so glad that you're my little girl. I am so glad that you are my little boy. We see this picture of the grace of God. We see this picture of the care of God through the picture of a mother's heart. There's another beautiful part to this portrait, and it's this. A mother's heart is seen in her love for her children. It was the spring of 1956 off the coast of Point Loma. I remember as an eight year old boy hearing about this and just being stunned by this that something like this could happen. Apparently, uh, about a six foot lemon shark, and lemon sharks are not carnivores, and they're usually not easily agitated, but this particular lemon shark was agitated and just bit onto an eight year old little boy, grabbed his buttocks and his thigh. It just started moving around. The kid was screaming and yelling. Everybody stood on the shore there in Point Loma. If you know that area of San Diego, it's a real kind of a secluded cove. Now the, uh, you know, all the uh, seals have taken it over, but it used to be for swimming. And there's this little cove and it's warm waters. And this boy was just thrashing around and screaming. People on shore were screaming, except the mother of the boy was not screaming. She threw down her book and she marched down there into the water about waist deep. She grabbed the shark. She yanked open its mouth like that. She pulled her son out of there and she walked back on the shore, threw the shark off like it was nothing. A six-foot shark probably weighed 80 pounds and it was nothing. Don't mess with a mother, right? right? You don't mess with a mother. Now just think, if that tenacious Love was so great for that little boy. How tenacious and how great is God's love for you? Just how great. What kind of love does it take for a man to be beaten and scorned and spit upon and scourged and killed on a cross, the worst kind of death you could possibly die? How much love does it take for a man to endure that for you? A mother's love is just a snapshot of the kind of love that God has for his children. At the trial of the World War II criminals, Dr. Otto Volkan, a Viennese physician who was at Auschwitz, Auschwitz, weepingly testified, quote, Children were automatically sent to the gas chamber. Mothers preferred to die with their children clasped to their breasts than to live, so guards finally decided to send them all to their deaths. What kind of great love, tenacious, ferocious love a mother has for her children and that kind of love that God has for you. There's no more powerful thing on earth than the power of a mother's love. And just imagine how much God loves you. Well, there's one last thing we see in this portrait of a mother's heart, and it's this. A mother's heart is seen in her prayers For her children. How many of you have been influenced, many of us greatly, by the prayers of a mother or a grandmother? How many? Yes, quite a few. There is something so powerful about the prayer of a mother. I remember as a teenager coming home from a date one time, and I walked by my parents' room. The door was ajar, and my mother didn't know I was home yet. It was late. And there she was on her knees. And it was obvious that she was praying, but I could hear in her whispered prayer, she said my name over and over again, Dwayne, Duane, Duane. And, and she was praying, and I don't know exactly what she was praying, but that powerful image through my difficult teenage years, through my early adult years, that image of my mother on her knees praying for her son. When the time Sherry and I got married, before we had our first child, uh, uh, our first son um, uh, uh, was, I think many of you have heard that story. Our first son uh, was, died at birth, at childbirth, and uh, he only lived a few hours. But Arthur Thomas was his name, named after our two fathers. But even before Arthur Thomas was born and died, Sherry and I prayed for him every day. As soon as we knew she was pregnant, we prayed for our child. And here's what we prayed. We didn't pray God Help them to grow up and be a doctor. Nothing wrong with that. Help them to grow up and be a pro football player. Nothing wrong with that. Help them to grow up and be really good in school. No, I'll tell you what we prayed. Father, help them to grow up and to love you and serve you. Everything else is secondary. Everything else is just fluff. Father, help our children to grow up to love you and to serve you. Now, we want our kids to succeed, don't we? We want our kids to be happy. We want our kids to be fulfilled in all of that. But listen to what it says, and you've heard me say this verse a thousand times. No greater joy can a man or a woman have than this, than to hear that his children follow the truth. I want my kids to be good in sports. I want them to be good in academics. I want them to be successful. I want them to make a good living. But all of that pales in comparison to our children loving and serving the Lord. I thank God that our son Nathan and our daughter Tamara love the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank God that their spouses do. And I thank God every day that every one of our eight grandchildren love and serve the Lord. Elowen, she's only three. Not too sure about her. She's not in the bucket yet, but you know, God still loves her. And here's the deal. All of the things that we see our grandkids do is always awesome, but nothing compares to a child who says yes to Jesus. Nothing. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. My grandmother, Grandma Price, my maternal uh, grandmother, uh, was born on Christmas Eve 1899. Uh, she died in July of 1995. She was 96 years old. When Sherry and I were leaving to go to seminary in the summer of 1974, Grandma was 75 years old. At the time, I thought she was an old woman. Now that doesn't seem so old anymore. Uh, but she was 75 years old. And she said, Dwayne, she she pulled me off the side. I promise you that I will pray for you and Sherry and Tammy. Tammy was born then. I will pray for you and your family every day for the rest of my life. And she did. She lived another 20 years after that. But she said, I promise you, I will pray for you every day. Is there any wonder why God had his hand on me? Is there any wonder why God had his hand on Sherry and Nathan and Tammy? Because there was a grandmother, there was a mother, there was another grandmother, there was an aunt, there was a father, there was a grandpa. All of these people praying, Lord Jesus, I pray that this child will come to know you and love you and serve you because nothing else matters like that. We see this wonderful story in the book of Timothy. Timothy was a young protege of Paul. And Paul kind of uh, was making him... uh, as lieutenant and later he was going to be a general in the army of the Lord and Timothy was this young man and here's what Paul said about Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.5 uh, Paul said I have been reminded of your sincere faith he said Timothy I know you got great faith I've been reminded of that but listen to what he said which first <laughs> lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and I am persuaded now lives in you also. See what Paul said? Paul said to Timothy, listen, Timothy, you have it so good because you've had a a grandmother and a mother that have prayed for you, and now you see yourself in the Lord's service, and you're going to be one of the great witnesses of Christendom for all eternity. It's going to be amazing, and it's because you had a mother and you had a grandmother that were on their knees and prayed for you. It's like the little boy in Sunday school class when his teacher said, this kid was always talking about God, and the teacher said, "Uh, Jimmy, why do you love God so much? And he said, I I guess it runs in the family. (laughs) That's what you want every kid to say. I guess it runs in the family. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Let's make a covenant together today, and it's this. Let's pray for our kids. Let's pray for our grandkids. Not many of you I know do every day. Sherry and I pray for them every day. By name, every kid, every grandkid, by name. And uh, let's make a covenant that we will do that like my grandma Price did for the rest of our lives and that we'll pray for our children. We've had, I, I looked over my records and in the 15 years that I've been the pastor at Hope, starting in the strip mall and then in this building, we've had over 120 children babies dedicated or baptized in our church. Over 120. And uh, some of them are in this room today. Some of them in the nursery. Some are in the first service. Some have moved away. But 120 children. Every time we do one of those dedications, you know what we do, right? We say that you, the family of God, it takes a village. You are responsible to help these parents raise these children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. No greater joy can a man or a woman have than this, than to hear that his children follow the truth. Let's make a covenant to pray for our children and our grandchildren. Well, brothers and sisters, this is a portrait of a mother's heart from scripture, which shows you a portrait of the heart of God. The comfort of God, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you, the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life in God's great desire, his great desire to know you intimately. Thank God for a mother's heart and for the light that a woman who loves God shines in this world. Let me close with this. In one church, when a Bible is presented to a third grade child, we do the same at our church. The child recites a passage of Scripture. So, everything was going along really good and the kids were doing their verses. And it came to one little boy when the pastor said, okay, it's your turn to recite a verse. He had this, you've all seen this look. We have it when the kids are up here singing. Some of them are all, you know, like this. The shocked look, the, you know, the glare in their eyes, their eyes roll back on their head. And they can't remember their name, let alone their verse. And the boy, little boy starts frantically looking for his mother somewhere in the front pew. And finally he sees his mother and his mother says, says to him, I am the light of the world. That was his verse, right? I am the light of the And the little boy said, I know my mother is the light of the world. Okay, so <laughs> may it ever be so in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Father, uh, not just mothers, but fathers as well, may we be the light of the world. Lord, I thank you that we don't have to just rely on our parents who were flawed and failed, many of them, but that we can rely on the one parent who is perfect, and that is you, our Heavenly Father, who loves us, will never let us alone. Whenever we fall and scrape our knee, whenever we fall and sin, whenever we do anything, you are there to pick us up and say, I will never forget you. I will never leave you alone. You are my child. Father, may we hear the whisper of God in our ear every single day. You are are my son. You are my daughter, and I am so glad that you are my child. May we live in that reality. May we parent in that reality. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all of God's people together said, amen. Amen.